This is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. Hello everybody and welcome to the Full Reptile Radio, Striker v Grappler edition. This is uh, <laughs> myself and Dean Amasinga. So we, we tend to we tend to split our debates pretty consistently when we're talking about MMA. Yeah. I tend to lean more towards the striker and Dean the grappler. And we're going to talk through a few fights today and I'm expecting Dean to go pretty heavy on the grappler side. <laughs> so uh, that's what to expect. So where do you yeah. want to start, Dina? Um, well, I guess if it's the striker versus grappler... Um, you want to talk about the main event? The main event, yeah. 2.30, uh, Derek Lewis versus um, Daniel Cormier. Um, I mean, about as dominant a grappler's performance as you could possibly have. Yeah. Um, and I think going going into the fight, I thought that with DC being a smaller heavyweight, obviously he's a, you know, he beat Stipe and Stipe had that little bit of weight advantage over him. But, um, you know, potentially coming into fight night, Derek Lewis might have been 30 pounds heavier than him. Yeah. And also, although he didn't make it to the NFL, he's an NFL level Athlete. Did you see how fast he was moving on those training videos? I know. This is it what... was like, there was one where he was, he was sprinting up like a U-Haul yeah, 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 yeah. drive. Yeah. And then, then he was doing the hill sprints. I was impressed. Definitely. I and, was and impressed. The only reason he didn't make it that far is because of the troubles he had with the law and he lost his scholarship and all right. that. So, so in terms of the calibre of athlete he is and, you know, don't let aesthetics uh, fool you. I think he's that elite level, um, particularly power athlete that, that you could possibly find. So with that being in mind, power and strength and weight can often be a leveler when you're technically deficient. And so I thought that although, yes, DC was going to um, uh, win the fight, I thought that he would have a harder time of it. And it was just so impressive yeah. how easy it looked. Because although um, uh, Derek Lewis has shown some decent uh, takedown defence in the past, he just made it look like he didn't even know how to wrestle. It right. was just no resistance. <laughs> Um, and the chain wrestling, the, 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 and all three takedowns that he got, possibly four over the, over the um, uh, over the entirety of the fight, they were different takedowns. That's what's also so impressive. It wasn't like he got it with the same thing. It was like real chain wrestling, and yeah, um, yeah just nullified everything that Derek had. Took away his power. I'm not even sure um, DC particularly threw a punch. Um, and one of, one of the things that's in, I think statistically, I'd, I'd like to see the actual stats on it. But generally, when it's a striker versus grappler match the, the 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 stat has to the needle is got to favor the grappler because it's so much harder to yeah. land that that killer shot um and generally if someone's better than you as a striker you, you still have a chance of winning because mm-hmm. if you make contact with them you can knock them out if you especially if you're an athlete you know you've got decent punching you might technically not be as proficient but when whereas in grappling almost always the best grappler will win yeah and that's like a weird um, well, I think if like if you go back to the early UFCs, I think one of the first things that the striking arts realised is that when somebody gets a hold of them, they can't do anything about that. Yeah. And that was then introduced to the guys that could take you and put you on the floor, and then they were introduced to the guys that could chew you up and choke you out when you're on the floor. Yeah. It was like there was like that that period of revelation. It was like coming out of the Stone Age, and everyone realising that there are more facets to combat sports. But then. One thing that I think a narrative that still stayed with us all the way through is that wrestling is the foundation. It has to be the foundation, which like and it, that that's always makes it difficult coming from a striking art and trying to learn grappling secondary because mm. 
you kind of you have to change everything about the way you strike yeah no matter what art you come from there are no striking arts that take into account someone trying to take you down no you know what i mean yeah no like a lot of them are striking arts that include takedowns like you know um what was it that kung lee did uh sansao yeah and those kind of stuff sander the chinese art i mean i know ty's got some takedowns as well but like when you're such a strong wrestler you can dictate the range of the fight if you want to strike, you can strike. If you don't want to strike, you can put them on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And the the chances of you, when when you are the better, they, they they talk about levels in wrestling, and they the, the like when there's levels to this game and wrestling is one because <laughs> like again in, in striking you don't necessarily have that and but um, in wrestling he was there was such a chasm. I just can't. I still I'm just amazed by no. the level that it, how it looked in terms of a beginner against the. Um, well, an Olympic wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you noticed the difference between DC's takedowns at heavyweight in comparison to light heavyweight? So, like, if you go down to light heavyweight, think think of the guys that you fought there. The ones that spring to mind are Dan Henderson, uh, uh, Alexander Gustafsson, and Rumble Johnson. Yeah, but Josh Josh Barnett he threw over his head as That's well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and Josh Barnett is, is like a proper heavyweight, yeah, like two sixty, yeah, like whatever. 260, yeah, yeah, potentially cutting a little bit. That's so true. That's the power point. is is. He's not it, doing that anymore, though. Have you noticed? No, like, that was so technical. Yeah. Like the, the, and it's the ten, it's the ten second takedown. Like he gets them on one leg yeah. and gets them moving for like ten seconds, yeah. and then thinks about the next chain whether he's going to trip that back leg, yeah. whether he's going to you know knee tap, run the pipe. He's got, and when you're that level, like you said, he's got so many different options. He can think faster than most. Uh, that's exactly it. When he's chaining chain wrestling like that, going from one thing to the next, there's the, most people can defend like a couple of takedowns but then and it's the same actually with Khabib when you look against Connor Connor did exceptionally well early on defending and he just couldn't keep up with the chain mm-hmm. and he was on the back foot um, Khabib knows what he was going to same with DC he knows what he's going to you have to you're in reactive and he's just reacting quicker because he knows where he's going he knows the sequence yeah. and if you don't know his sequence and not familiar with it you're just going to get you're going to drown it's yeah. like it's, it's literally the deepest of deep waters that's, and, uh, maybe that's the difference between the don't think feel if you're still in the thinking phase of oh, learning the technique too slow yeah I, I've never I've never come out of the, the, the thinking phase of grappling never ever yeah. with striking yeah there have been some things I've done subconsciously that mm. I was like ah oh, that's you know reptile learned well but <laughs> uh, when it comes to grappling everything's considered like on a on a conscious level I have to break everything down whereas like you roll with someone like Victor Estima and like they're having three conversations in their head about what they did before training what they're having to eat after training <laughs> and you know what I mean and, like just you can just tell that there's like that subconscious presence and, and also the stages ahead of which they're playing exactly so it, there's so many movements say four or five movements ahead of what of what's actually happening in the present and you if you obviously it's important to be present when you're fighting but if you're only defending what's happening there then they're setting you up for the next thing that you're doing that you're you can't think quick enough in, in terms of how how fast is happening everything is happening in real time mm. um and again going back to um uh DC in that fight like the, he on, on one of the takedowns when he got the ankle pick like I don't think Derek Lewis was oh that was beautiful oh, from be- the front headlock yeah yeah. Just, he wasn't, that wasn't even on Magic. his radar that, that was going to happen you can see the look on his face he's like what just happened there no um, I think that was the closest that his head's ever come to his knee to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was surprised that he was able to stand up so easily though I mean I knew he wouldn't be able to do it over and over again but the moment that he did it I was like because I put that I showed you the playlist yeah, inside yeah. the Otskin I was like his, his ability to stand up with heavyweights on top of him it's unbelievable. Like that clip you showed me of um, when he did it with Gonzaga and his back, yeah. like a world champion BJJ black belt. That's about as good a pressure as Easy you can get. Easy to just like, yeah. Stay up, yeah. I'm getting up. 
Um, and I, but I was impressed that DC also got the finish. That's the submission there wasn't. I didn't think that would be that would come that easy. I thought it'd be a, a little bit more fatigue because even at that point, um, to be fair to Derek Lewis, his conditioning seemed okay at that point. He still mm. seemed still seemed with it. He, he was moving quite well, um, but he just sunk it in and then yeah didn't yeah couldn't, couldn't really react and that was it yeah. Here's a here's a, a left field question. Do you think um, uh, Francis Ngannou would have done any better, considering he went five rounds with Stipe against uh, against DC? No, I don't. I, no, I don't. I think right. it, I think it'd be much much of the same. I think um, DC is a far superior grappler to um, Stipe. Although Stipe could potentially hang with him in the in the grappling exchanges, there's still you know um, a greater gap. Between if we give an arbitrary score for wrestling and DC's on a hundred, yeah. say Stipe's on seventy five and and um, uh, on fifty, the, the, although they're twenty five apart, the, over the you know DC to Ingano, there's a bigger gap. Yeah, absolutely. Sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Do you think there's anybody at heavyweight that can give DC problems? Can you imagine him fighting Alexi Olenek? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I think um, he wouldn't. I think he'll struggle with Brock wrestling. Yeah. You know, that, that especially early on, the, Brock is a legit wrestler, Division One. You know, potentially could have gone down the Olympic route um, if uh, WWE hadn't, you know, called him. Yeah. that caliber of of wrestler. Uh, and uh, but then then the striking comes and in. He's massive. Yeah, he's massive, and he's he, he's got a strength and weight advantage. But um, then I feel like uh, DC's defensive wrestling will come into play, and his striking is, you know. It's been good enough with everyone, except for except for that time he got caught with uh, John Jones. It's yeah. been it's been he's outstruck pretty much everyone. I can't think of anyone that it out, outstruck him really. No, no, because he's so much faster, particularly at heavyweight. He's so much faster yeah. than these guys. The one thing I couldn't understand in DC's fight against Alex Gustafson is why Gustafson stayed in the clinch for so much of the time. Yeah. I keep going back to it. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't understand it. I mean, kind of let him hang on his head. And although bit, I'm yeah. sure once you're in that position, it's it's quite difficult. You could, you could see how strong he was holding on him. He's using his weight on it. But I felt like the anti-clinch wasn't there, creating an angle. Like, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he seemed to... Here's, here's a question for you then. Because physiologically, you're far more aware of the human body than I am. If DC's in a position where he's got a single necktie on someone that's so much taller than him, mm. at what point on his uppercut does he start to run out of steam to do any real damage? If he's punching up, do you know what I mean? Well, I mean it's not a, it's not a comfortable position to be punching up in front of yourself. No, but I think that's part of what he's so good at in that he he uses them in combination. The way he's pulling down into the punch, and so that he's mm. not because you know most of your power is going to go beyond that once it gets beyond their chin, um, and you're punching up and you know you're losing the power. But he he was able to get his head pretty low. And yeah, he did it to Jones as well. Connected some mm. good. I'd say Jones and uh, Gustafson are uh, comparable heights. Yeah. And he, he was, hit two he, on, on Jones, knocked his mouth guard yeah. out. Yeah, beautiful. So um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know why he, he. I think there's a lot about that fight that Gustafson would. Um, be disappointed in himself because yeah. when he hurt him with that knee, he swarmed him a little bit. Got a bit. If, if he if he had either let him back up and then went back into striking, I think um, he could have had a lot better opportunity to, to stop him. But he swarmed him, ended up back in the clinch with him, and then gave DC some time to recover, which he's going to because of his conditioning and what well, yeah. just as tough as he and is. And he can just keep that pace for forever, can't he? Yeah. It's, uh, and what, what did he weigh in what 251 251 did, but, you, did you hear he hurt his back the morning of the fight he sneezed, <laughs> sneezed yeah, put I his did back that. out uh, I think he said that, that's, yeah. a, that's a heavyweight problem that's a heavyweight problem I think that's problem. an age problem I know that feeling I've, I've had the same thing with trying to put on my socks did you see that uh, World Boxing Super Series I can't remember what fighter it was Nick Pete's going to yell at me um, the, the, the fight he threw a right hand 
No, and just it just TKO. He just couldn't continue. Oh, no. He pulled something in his back, lost his world title. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, you know, Nanito Daenerys was fighting. I can't remember the guy's name. Damn it. Fight, <laughs> fight disciples, I'm letting you down. Nick, Nick Pete, let me know who, who, he's, who it was. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he put his um, back out with a sneeze. Heather Linden, who's based out of the uh, UFC Performance Institute, the uh, director of physical therapy, she uh, yeah, is exceptional. And when. Uh, when uh, Mike was fighting um, GSP last year, she did some great work with him in fight week as well. So, and, and I know that, yeah, she, uh, she was instrumental in making sure that he made it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So what do you want to move on to now? Because you've got a list of fights you want to talk about. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the I think the standout performance for me was uh, Adesanya. Gotta be. Yeah, it was, the, the thing is, again, if we're talking about grappling versus striking, Derek um, Bronson is definitely a challenge in the grappling uh well, in the grappling exchange, and he did his work to try and take him down, but he's not that elite level wrestler. No. He's like he can get, you know, he has a decent double leg on him, and he and he and you know he's got. Uh, he's, he's got a, a hell of a guy. left hand. <laughs> his striking's massively below par. See, so Derek, Derek Brunson—that's a perfect example of. Technically, if you were to assess him, he's not of a high level, but he's knocked a lot of people out because yeah. he's aggressive. He throws with bad intentions. His timing's not, you know, the worst. But when you come up against someone who is. The, as good as Anderson, he just made. I knew that fight was going to go that way. I thought yeah. it was going to be first round, just too vulnerable, too exposed. Um, it shows you how far intention goes, though. Yeah, like, I mean, like Derek Lewis Volkov's a good argument for the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like intention is such a strong thing. Yeah. And if if you're like we've talked, there are a couple of fighters that that we work, we both work with that are they they think so laterally that they don't really know exactly what they want to focus on. They just try and throw everything at you know, 40% at their opponent instead of one thing, 100%. Yeah. If you've only got one thing to focus on, which is landing your right or your left hand, and you've got 100% intention to do that, it's a powerful thing for <laughs> no, at least definitely. two minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, but that's, I, I, that's I, where Brunson I, fails, though, isn't it, when it goes past that. Oh, definitely. And I think that uh, with the, <laughs> the potential for Adesanya, obviously, the sky's the limit, but um, he's not a big middleweight. And I don't think he cuts a lot of weight. I think he kind of walks around about 86 kilos mm-hmm. and, you know, cuts just a, a small amount. And I think I'd like to see how he holds up against, I know Chris Wyman just lost, but someone of that level, caliber of grappler that might not even entertain exchanging with them. And then, and, uh, or, or, or when Chael Sonnen was fighting, mm-hmm. that's th- that level of, um, fighting a middleweight as it were, um, that level of wrestler, how he will do against that stronger, you know, over five rounds, the weight on him, will, will he lose his explosiveness? Um, you know he has gone the decision, but with, that's been in in fights that he's been dictating the pace and keeping the range. Mm. If someone's swarming them like in a, in a Khabib style fashion, will he be so lucid? Like in that in in the uh, Brunson fight, I mean he was so lucid in those exchanges yeah. in the pocket. Like it, it was he just it was like he was he was on fast forward and it, it was, um, Derek was stuck in. Yeah, like, and you could see the hesitation in Brunson as well. Oh, yeah. I tell you, I tell desperation. you, desperation. Yeah, was desperate absolutely. Early, like yeah. he was like flustered. He was like, "This guy, I don't, right? I don't hit me, leave me alone. <laughs> Just uncomfortable. You could see how uncomfortable yeah. he was. You know, the, the fight, a fight that I hope happens at some point is Darren Till against Israel Adesanya. Someone else mentioned that to me as well. That I mean, could what be, a fight that would what be. What a fight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd who would you call in that? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to see him matched. I'd have to see him faced up against each other to see if there is much of a size difference. I mean, obviously, I'd send you a slightly taller and stuff, but as far as weight wise, I don't think there's a great deal in it. I, I would argue you know? Till might be bigger. Yeah, maybe. I tell you, but I, I would take uh, Israel Adesanya against um, uh, Stephen Thompson as well. Would be a good fight. 
Yeah. I mean, because that's... Elite level yeah, striking. Yeah, elite level and two different types of striking. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and Adesanya is not a single strike kind of fighter like Till is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Till knows he's got a left hand. He'll throw a combination if necessary, but it's predominantly focused on one punch. Whereas Adesanya will throw volume yeah. as well as Wonderboy throwing volume. Well, I saw, oh, I, I saw um, him, his post-fight press conference and he talked about it's like I'm never thinking about knocking out I'm just thinking about accuracy and landing on the chin just touch him on the chin mm. and you know that's what he was the accuracy was just deadly yeah um, and the way he flowed between his shots not, not loading anything up it was mm. yeah really impressive and and again although it wasn't um, against an elite grappler it was still a good one and he showed some decent uh, takedown defense so it's promising for uh, the fights and you look at, and if you actually look at the division obviously Weidman uh, took that loss but the people that are potentially above him there aren't the elite there's a Luke Rockhold mm-hmm. but he's, I wouldn't call it he's an elite grappler once he's on the ground but his wrestling is probably not uh, that elite level no. um, Jack Ray the same incredible on the ground not necessarily an elite wrestler yeah Gastelum I'm not sure if, would you put him in that elite bracket I, I still think Gastelum's got a ceiling in this in this weight class just purely because of his size he's, he's a typical he's one of those typical fighters that's caught between two weight classes mm. like he needs a what a 75 a, a, a once, well yeah I mean, you know me, I still want a 177. I don't <laughs> want to move welterweight. I just think we need to add two weight classes. But um, yeah, 177. One, and one, keep, 162 and 177 would be the two new weight classes, in my mm, opinion. And, and keep the And then you just leave the other. Because mm. that's the most populated chunk of the roster mm. is across those but do you three weights. Do you not think if you had it, obviously, every 10 pounds, 25 upwards, that the people that are at 70... You, they're just gonna they're just gonna go either side of it, and I think they quite comfortably do that. Yeah, quite possibly. But then that's you know that's what you've got in boxing. You've got people holding uh, belts in two weight classes. I don't, mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's more realistic. Like at the moment, DC's going from what two fifty five to what two fifty one to two oh five. He's talking about going back down to defend his yeah. belt. Like that's that's a lot of weight to cut. But like even if you're like, say if you're the welterweight champ and you decide you want to go up to middleweight, that's 15 pounds mm. you've got to go up. It's even more if you're the yeah. lightweight champ. Like, if Khabib decides he wants to go up and fight Tyron Woodley, that's 15 pounds. It doesn't matter how good you are. At some point, strength yeah. and size come into play. Definitely. But th- that's why, I guess, as a um, as percentage of body weight, those lower weights, when there's 15 pounds, is a, is a lot more. That's what, yeah. that's, So 185, to, even, but to be fair though, to 185 to 205, I think that's, a two, that's, that's two, 20 pounds, that's too big. It is too big. One nine, but but that's, nine, that's an easy 10, you know, you put 195 in there, mm. that's an easy 10 pounds. But because welterweight and lightweight are the most populated, but I would still argue that there are welterweights that are slightly too big for the weight class that are not quite big, big enough, enough for middleweight. Yeah. Like Gastelum. And, like Gastelum. Mm. I mean, like Whitaker could have gone up through another weight class. Uh, Tom Breeze could have gone up through another weight class. Mm. Darren Till could go up through yeah. another weight class. You know, and then you look at all the people. I mean, I've got the, the rankings pulled up in front of me. Like you look down the welterweight rankings, Gunnar Nelson could quite easily do 162. Yeah, quite easily. Cowboy 162. Masvidal 162. Mm. You know, I I mean, like even the likes of Mike Perry. Yeah, no, definitely. RDA, former lightweight champ. You know, he's ranked number three at welterweight. Like. Add, an, add two more weight classes in that don't affect the other weight the other weight classes. Mm. Nothing has to move, and then you've got really interesting stopping points. Like look at look at lightweight as well. And I'm I'm throwing a bunch of names, but immediately I see two guys: number ten, number eleven, my, uh, uh, Michael Chiesa and James Vick. Two guys that are just a bit too big yeah. for lightweight. But James they, Vick is huge, right? Yeah. But then can you imagine them trying to put fifteen pounds of decent quality weight on to go yeah, up to welterweight? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's too much of a jump. 
I was always caught between weight classes. Mm. So I got, I gained the weight and it affected my performance. Mm. Like when I was fighting closer to my weight, like every other weekend, I was cool. I was walking around at like 170, you know, what, 178-ish, you know, cutting a few pounds here and there. Yeah. It, was, it was easy to do. But then as soon as I joined the UFC, I, I, I was up over 200 pounds between fights. What, what, just, what I'm surprised at though is that um, Dana seems so resistant to the adding the extra divisions yeah but then but then he was resistant to women in the <laughs> that's well. true but what, what <laughs> i understand about it though is that you know clearly there's a demand for extra belts because they throw out interim belts like this you know you know sunday yeah. dinner so why wouldn't you want to have two extra divisions potentially three exactly uh, two more belts say, right two more belts three potentially, potentially three yeah. and they, they were going to have such a ridiculous headliner to, to the last weekend's uh one uh, before everyone kicked off a fuss and um just to have a world title fight and then if, they, if you had three more divisions you can have people when there are pullouts you've got people that potentially can cut across weights because it's not yeah. so so bad it just opens it up so more so i, I haven't uh, he just says he doesn't want to do it and we're not doing it but i haven't had a good argument as to why you wouldn't no and i don't i don't think there is i think his main concern is that it will get a bit too uh over a bit too diluted and get like black boxing and i understand that but at the same time we've got guys moving up and down weight classes now you know like people like yeah. it, and people want to see that you get champion versus champion right like exactly game. It's an entertainment industry. Like I, mean, I purely want to see it just because of um, hey, what, Ben Askren coming in and he doesn't want to fight Woodley. So. Fucking Mayweather's <laughs> fighting a, a kid in Japan. I oh mean, it's the God. entertainment world now, you know? Like, the thing is, there's nothing wrong with, with entertainment sitting alongside sports. Sports entertainment, it is. Yeah. There are some fights on these cards that are pure sports and some that have got a nice entertainment edge to them and then some that just delve right into entertainment head first, <laughs> like Maymac. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I suppose we're kind of jumping across. um, Yeah, we're uh, jumping across all kinds of things. But but the I thought you were going to try and hold this down, Dean. This is what happens (laughs) when me and Owen record together. We go off on tangents. Um, It gets a bit. Well, if Mayweather's being brought up, I mean that fight. Obviously, we don't know a great deal of details about it, except for who the opponent is. But we don't know about the rules. We don't know about. Can I drop my facts? Go. I've got my two facts. My number one fact, which I just think is entertaining is that when um, Tension was born, Floyd Mayweather had already won a bronze medal at the Olympics and was 17 and 0 as a pro. <laughs> Pick on someone your own age, Mayweather. <laughs> and the other fact, which I thought was also interesting, is that Tension's recently had a box rec page set up and apparently his pro debut is on the 17th of uh, November. So we've got that to look forward to. I reckon they're prepping him for a, for a boxing match. And I reckon he has to have maybe three fights to get a, licensed. A boxing match in... Um... MMA gloves? Nah. No, look, just a proper boxing proper match. Proper boxing match. Proper boxing match. What? what I'm not... Yeah, I'm not... I think... Ex- I think it'll be an exhibition match over like I think the only reason he's going to fight someone like that is because it's going to be different. If it's going to be a boxing match against someone that's um, not from boxing, I would have thought, you know, someone like Khabib would be more likely because of the notoriety. But this guy's yeah, got but, nothing. The, the only... The, the, the difference needs to be that the rules are different. Otherwise, why, why would you watch him fight this guy? You know what Japan's like, man. I mean, they do yeah. what they like over there. <laughs> like, yeah, what do, was uh, what was that like? Early, early pride. Emmanuel Yarbrough. Do you remember him? The sumo wrestler, the heaviest oh, yeah, athlete yeah, yeah. in the world. He yeah, was like yeah, six hundred yeah. pounds. He was fighting a Japanese grappler who was like one hundred and sixty-eight pounds. Yeah. Like as soon as that happened, I thought <laughs> all bets are off. <laughs> Anything can happen now. Anything can happen. Hongman Choi. What was he? Yeah. Seven foot two. Like just. I felt a, like, 
exactly a kid what, hanging off his arm like you just hilarious. you look at I mean they had some great fighters on the cards they had I, I, I love Pride but they were quite happy putting those freak show fights together yeah you know they well, were quite happy with Gracie's fighting pro wrestlers and shit I think part of it though with, with, with that is that it also translates into the fact that they don't seem to care about um, your record it's not necessarily no, about the win or loss yeah. it's about the what happens in the fight it's the heart of the show you how you perform uh-huh. so then I guess the entertainment part of it comes into it and that's why they're they're interested in those types of fights. Um, and God, I used to love Pride. I used to give me goosebumps. I was like, oh. Yeah. See, they had a they had a um, a light welterweight weight class. They're they're lightweight, or was it? Did they that's what Diaz fought in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah seventy three yeah, yeah. kilos, yeah, yeah, yeah. one sixty. Because that's why I, I I was trying to get Cage Warriors because Cage Warriors were in talks with Pride at one point when I was fighting for Cage Warriors. Oh nice. And the conversation was that they were going to pick up a couple of fighters from cage warriors obviously i wanted to go and fight yeah, in, yeah, in japan i wanted to fight i wanted to fight gomi in japan that's what i wanted to do and um i end up try. i end up almost getting there through uh too hot to handle remember that yeah, yeah it was yeah. a weird tournament one night tournament that's uh, 70 is that the kilos. one where you got disqualified <laughs> <laughs> no, no actually no okay. it wasn't no uh no that's a whole nother story <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so i, I basically I, I had a bit of a, a bit of beef with uh, Alexander Isidro and he was the lightweight champion at the time and I'd fought him at welterweight and beat him but he felt like he won the decision. Yeah, so he was called in front of the that. fight with me. Obviously he wasn't going to come back up to welterweight so I said, all right, well let's meet in the middle. Let's create a 160 weight class, a light welterweight and then I thought that would be a good way of kind of nudging pride to pick someone up and I felt like I was going to beat him obviously. Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> that would have been perfect weight class for me. It would have been perfect. Yeah, I mean, if... Um it, well, if they do that middle or light welterweight, I guess um, that would be like the one it. you can come and back a different to. Color, <laughs> and a different colour belt for the interim. Like, make it bronze or something. You know? That's a like, simple fix. That is a simple fix. You know, I've noticed in boxing they do that. Like, um, Dillian White is like the silver WBC champ. Is it? Yeah, yeah. They, That's they, weird. Yeah, because he's like... It's, oh, I thought that was weird as well. But that that is going too far. Yeah. Uh, boxing definitely has too many divisions. <laughs> but I, th- I, I think, like... Um, the UFC adding a, a few is not going to dilute it. Nah. It's only going to be a positive. And those weight classes soon fill up. You yeah. know what I mean? They soon fill up. Like there was nobody in strawweight when they introduced it and mm. it soon fills up. If you if they, if you build it, they will come is the Wayne's World, world, world <laughs> Wisdom. Uh, wait, so where well, do you want to go next? You, you were going to... Another grappler you're excited about. Do you want to talk about Ben Askren or is there... Ben a, Askren, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, look at the excitement in his I, voice. I ben, am excited. Ben, uh, there's, there's a lot of love in your eyes. <laughs> there's a lot of love in your eyes. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's it's weird because there's this like uh, PR bubble around uh, the UFC to the to the average fan. That there's almost this uh, belief that unless you're in the UFC, you're not you know world class. And 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 with Ben Askren fighting in other organisations, I know he dominated in Bellator, but it was kind of a little bit under the radar. Bellator weren't doing what they're doing right now. And then he went to one FC, which is even less known in in, in the West. Um, but you know he's he's an Olympian. He has a particular style that. Um, it's not just about blast doubles. It's very incredibly technical, and the way he rides people and like and hangs on them is just it literally ties them up like a pretzel. And if you look at his performance against Douglas Lima, who is a world class, you know, in the world rankings, easily top ten fighter, he he just absolutely nullified everything. And then, um, oh, what's the, the Russian name? Oh there? dear, little dog scared. Fireworks are going off. <laughs> uh, what's that? The the Russian and Bellator uh, begin with a K. Uh, Kadastam. Yeah, uh, he submitted him as well, and and I just think that when you look across the um, 
UFC's welterweight division, I, I mean, I literally see him being able to beat every, everyone in there. And so who do you match him up against first? Do, do you give him a striker who's been talking shit to everybody? So do you, like, do you give him Darren Till? If Darren Till was to stay at welterweight, I think that, you know, that's a good fight for Ben. I think if the UFC are smart and they want to still, um, you know, promote Darren and, and as a British fighter who's doing well, I don't think it's the best idea to give him to Baskin because no. I think that's a fight that he, he loses. So where, where um, does he come in at the rankings then? Does I, it come in top 10? I put him top five at least. Top five? Yeah, I do, yeah. So, so then does he get a Kamara Usman or maybe the winner of the Ponzinibbio Magni fight? Perfect. I think that, that is... Li- I did. You just, <laughs> I, did. I, that I, is I don't know where that came I, from. I, I was actually thinking RDA. Okay. Um, or Robbie Lawler. I thought both, both of them, because um, Robbie Lawler would be, because I know the, the UFC, there's like a weird uh, sort of frenemy thing with, with him. There's a, they've had that, that sort of relationship. But Robbie Lawler is someone who's got um, great takedown defence and then can, and, and can knock your head off. So if his P's and Q's aren't in place and his wrestling's not on point, he Robbie Lawler will knock him out. There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Because his stand-up is fundamental. It's, it's basic as you get. And he just uses his striking to close the distance or even just going for low um, low singles and low shots that it doesn't even need a striking and then once he gets hold of them that's you are not getting up um, and you just see the way that like um, people like Henry Cejudo or uh, uh, DC talk about him they 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 you know rank they rate him highly and in the wrestling community he's you know highly thought of so I'm just yeah I'm excited to see him shake up the world division because there hasn't really been any really impressive new blood for a, for a while so um, yeah yeah, looking forward to seeing him dominate people. And, and <laughs> How do you think the he up against Usman? I think yeah, I think he dominates him. Really, U- U- Usman is a good grappler um, and he's a good wrestler, but a lot of it's based on his um, athletic um, skills rather than necessarily his t- he's got a blast double. He gets you against the cage, puts his hands together, rips you out, and takes you down. That is not going to work against Ben Askren. He's just far too technical for that. And although he doesn't look look it, he's clearly strong but once he gets hold of people and, then, and that technical there's a chasm again in that technical ability um, and I think that you know even someone like Colby who is a bit more physical but and, and t- there's still there's still levels to it and, and I think I think Askren out wrestles absolutely everyone it's, gonna, it's only going to be someone who is a good enough striker that can stop him taking down and Woodley Woodley potentially is the only person yeah. who could do that and they won't fight anybody else do you think there's anybody else in the Would Colby they- maybe potentially because yeah. Colby is, he's, in, you know, he's D1 but I don't think Usman is in the, is in the level of wrestler uh, technically as as uh, yeah as Askren basically I think I think it's more he's based on his athletic ability yeah I'm excited to see him I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's in the UFC I mean there's, there's there's always been questions around him because he's been kind of kept out and excluded and it, and it, it, it almost devalues him as a fighter yeah because he, you know it's like to get to the UFC is kind of a validation yeah 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 and even if you don't stay with the UFC, like like Eddie Alvarez, you know he'll always be a UFC fighter mm. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he'd have never made it to the UFC, he would have never got that kind of validation. So it's it's, like, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like playing Mike, the Premiership. Like, it's the same with Mike Chandler. I'd like to, I would have liked to see yeah. him because uh-huh. he's still he's still young. I hope that at some point to see him with the top lightweights in the world. Yeah, um, I think the only person that's invincible is Fedor. <laughs> he's the only person that people are like, ah, yeah, no, but Fedor's it's Fedor. Fedor. Like, yeah, 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 the last emperor. He stands. Um, this poor little dog is shaking. Oh, better. Past what three nights it's been there. Um, just... And another thing as well that um, uh, Askren can like sort of change about the uh, uh, the narrative is that is that 
because he does although some people like to say that that grappling style is is boring he does he does actually go to finish and he and he, and it can because he's so entertaining in terms of the way he talks and stuff i think people will be behind him more and and john fitch didn't really have the character so like again so you think of charles sonnen he had a character but he still had that just that yeah, wrestling yeah. style and people enjoyed watching it and i think that it, you know sometimes it, i get frustrated with um People think saying that it's boring that you know the uh, the grappling side of it, but if if you see how technical someone like Ben Askren is, and I think you people and with the character and the character and the personality that he has, you will be people will be more invested in it, mm. um, and hopefully start to see and appreciate that it's it's so difficult to do what he does, yeah. and not everyone can do that. Very few people can do it. when you're when you're doing something to someone uh, against their will, they don't want to be held there, they don't <laughs> want to be there, and you are just making them, you know. Yeah, submit to your will. It's it's incredibly impressive thing. Yeah, it's I, d- I just think there's something instinctive about watching someone like physically trying to attack somebody else. Like this, like to to dominate someone is is impressive. It's like getting it's like scoring one or two goals and then being defensive for the rest of the game. Like it, you're still never going to win fans because fan, yeah. fans want to see you be proactive. You know what I mean? So like dominance should always be at least heading towards a finish. Even if it doesn't result in a finish, the intention should be there, as we were talking about with intention. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is why people enjoy watching a Khabib fight. Even though a lot of the time he's beating guys by decision, mm. it's because he's entertaining the way he fights, because he's trying to finish. He's trying to punch his head through the canvas. Um, that's also a fight if Khabib was... Because, you know, he is... Do a you reckon Ben Askren's too big? I, I, I always imagined him to be quite big in comparison to the rest of the welterweights. Um, no, I, I think... I, when he was on Joe Rogan um, podcast, he's competed at uh, one sixty three. I think when he was oh, in Olympi- yeah. Okay. So he and uh, um, the only uh, in one FC the, because they have that different weight um, cutting sort of rules. He was competing at uh, middleweight because I think that's around what he walks walks around. Right. And he's got like a wrestling competition in um, I saw in the in the media scrum that he did uh, in December, and I think that's at one seventy three. So and that's on the day weigh in. Right. So I don't think he's a massive welterweight, but he's too big for lightweight. Mm. Um, but with Khabib being so um, dominant at lightweight and has such a big cut, I don't think he's too small. For, he'll be a medium sized um, welterweight, and that would be an, and again, because uh, yeah. he, he'd also said that if there was the one sixty five division, he would come down to that. So that's that's a matchup, and then GSP because. GSP is arguably, arguably, and I'm sure you will <laughs> attest this as well. That you know the greatest wrestler in MMA history, and so to see that him against and the styles as well, because he's got that blast double um, that obviously is technical and is based on that timing, and he doesn't have that wrestling Olympic pedigree. Um, whereas uh, uh, Askren is more of that folk style, and you know slightly more on the technical side of things rather less about timing um so i'd like to see that style clash and whether or not you know maybe he's going to be the one that he would have the takedown defense mm. uh, and then obviously you know gsp is a fantastic striker as well so yeah. maybe that but I'd, yeah i'd love to see that that's a good matchup yeah where do you want to go next what do you want to talk about um, I, I think we should try an experiment now i think you should try and take your headphones off and talk because i think you're i think you sound louder in your headphones than you actually are <laughs> this is the quietest that I've heard you talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can hear it clearly. So yeah, yeah. I, I think guessing... I think you can. I, I'm I'm starting to realise the problem because Owen always talks really quiet as well. Oh really? And I okay. think you come across in the headphones quieter, uh, louder no, than no. what you actually are. Okay, let's try. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I didn't even want to talk then. <laughs> I was like, what does my voice sound like? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, so go on, you, you came with a list. You came with a list of stuff. So. Uh, well, we kind of went off, off top, topic, but on, on yeah, 2.30, uh, we kind of 
didn't because Weidman versus um, Jacare. Oh man, what a fight! What a fight! There was a few contenders for fight of the night because there was uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> oh, I've got his, uh, Lando Venato. Oh, Lando Venato. That yeah, fight yeah. was incredible. Yeah, um, and I think when it when I, I if it, when it's hard to choose between um, you know when it, when it's a fight fight of the night, what's fight of the night? I think the caliber. A fighter, then if it's if it's close, you should always go with the, the higher stakes. Yeah. So um, I personally would say that the Weidman Jackery fight because that's a, a, almost a number one contender fight. Yeah, what a fight! What a fight! Like, yeah. I'm disappointed for Weidman though, like because he's he's had, a, he's had a rough run. He had those few losses. Then he had and then he beat Gastelum and then he had, he's been off for so long with an injury. Um, and it's kind of with this um, this many losses at middleweight to that many top five guys it kind of takes him out of the picture even though he really is you know there or thereabouts but mm. it, it, it would delegitimize the um title if he was anywhere near a title shot right now so it's like he's, he's in a bit of it must be a weird place for him to be knowing that he's world class and potentially one of the best fighters and then just on that on those days which is always can be touch or go he um hasn't got the wins it's, yeah uh, frustrating yeah, I, I don't know. One thing that stood out to me in the build-up to this last fight was something that Ray Longo said, is that, and that they'd, that was that they'd built someone perfect to beat Anderson Silva. Do you know what I mean? And and that stood out to me because it's like, well, like like you've prepared someone to beat a particular fighter, a particular type of fighter, and like now you've achieved that. I'm like, I'm not sure what now they're trying to do with him. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, like in which direction do you build him? Like he's a strong wrestler. And then obviously I know Jacare is an excellent grappler, yeah. but at no point did he use any kind of clinch work. He no. was he was content to counter box, uh, yeah. counter strike, particularly just boxing, mm. and he was doing all right. But you know when you've got somebody walking towards you consistently like that, like Jacare was walking him down like a deer to shoot. But th- that's yeah. So I guess two things there. Um, I had Weidman ahead going in until the finish. I think he was on his way to winning that third round yep. as well. And uh-huh. he was, would have got a 30-27 and secondly Jacare is in that um, unique place that he doesn't even care if he gets taken down because if he does get taken down then Just he's tie in, you in knots, tie you in knots yeah. sweep you and, and he's fine with that so that gives him the ability to walk forward the way he was with disregard to any takedown and then just let let because one, one of the limiting factors when you're striking when you're thinking about the takedown is your uh, foot, your fit, foot position to be in a position to produce power. If when sometimes going into that position makes you vulnerable for the takedown, so it's that trade-off. So sometimes that can limit the ability of a, of a striker, just like we saw in the um, uh, Conor versus Khabib fight. But uh, Jacare was literally planting his feet. Those body shots ripping, ripping yeah. them in. It was uh, amazing. Yeah, he, he fought. He fought with a lot more aggression than normal. He was like, he, he fought almost like he was a bit pissed off about something. Which I mean, you know, it, it suits him. He, t- he just took a lot of shots. He yeah, took a he lot did. Of damage. He did. He was. He was. He, he. He was a little bit slower than Weidman. He was. He was losing the first. Like he was getting beaten to the punch, and mm-hmm. then staying in the exchanges, and then landing. Yeah. Um. And there was a few times that when he when he did throw, Weidman was able to control his range a bit better and just get out of the way. And on that last one, there was a few of those right hands that were thrown that he just got out of the way of, and he was kind of he was kind of leaning back. Mm-hmm. Um. And I th- and I thought, oh, that 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 might get him and then, yeah. it, and then it did as, as Weidman tired and his reaction's gone down a little bit he got caught and it was um, th- I mean the stoppage was interesting as well because I think Jacare knew that that was all over when someone falls like that yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that tells you enough you don't, you don't the fight doesn't need to go on no um, and there are certain fighters as well and Weidman's a perfect example and, and Frankie Edgar as well is, an, is another good example this must be something in the water in that area of the world <laughs> yeah like like when Chris Weidman landed 
you could tell he was done just by the way he fell. Yeah. But out of instinct, like heart and instinct, yeah. like he turned and immediately started to wrestle. Yeah, but he was not aware of what he not was doing. Aware. That was pure instinct because if you look at, they cut away from it pretty quickly, but if you look at the doctor was doing an assessment of him and he's asking him to follow his finger, yeah. his eyes were shaking like it was like a cartoon, you know, like it was... Yeah. It, 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 it was an and it was one of those punches as well that hit him on the forehead and oh, it like went temple straight down sort of Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly how, yeah, that would not have felt nice. No, not but, at all. Um, so it's it's interesting for that middleweight division, which the show um, two third was almost like a middleweight showcase. Yeah. Um, but Weidman winning that fight put, kind of put him in a clear position. But Jacare winning didn't so much because he hasn't he hasn't had such a good record recently. He's lost to the two people fighting for the title right now. Um, so it, that fight doesn't seem that appealing. And then Adesanya, although he had such an impressive performance, I think it's a little bit premature if you're talking about a title with him. Yeah. Um, and maybe him versus Jacare. But then who who who's the next, you know, um, contender otherwise. You, you can't give, I don't think you can give Rockhold. Um, well, he needs to get himself healthy, a win, yeah. Um, yeah, Romero, I mean, there's, I a, like, there's a few, this like Paolo Costa's on the rise, yeah, you know, there's like Uriah Hall's always kind of floating around. He, you know, he lost Santos. to Costa next, uh, last, like, next. Yeah, like, like, is Thiago Santos staying at middleweight or is he, is he? I thought the fight with him and Jimmy has been rebooked. Oh, I think so. Oh, okay. I could be wrong I on mean, that. He but... is massive in yeah. weight class. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a weird division at the moment. Someone needs to I mean, Israel Adesanya might be the might be the solution. He is ranked number nine at the moment. So I mean they're gonna be looking well, he's ranked number nine, but then Derek Brunson's at number six. So I'd I'd imagine they're gonna change places yeah, on Monday, at least. Oh we it is Monday. It's Tuesday, the normal do rankings Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday in Tuesday. Vegas. Yeah. Um, I think uh Oh, I mean, we could see Israel Adesanya against Jacare. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's that's a, that's the next logical one, unless Rockhold decides that he's. I, mean, I don't know what what the status of Rockhold is. I don't know whether he's out for a long while or not. But I mean, Rockhold against Israel Adesanya would be a fun fight. Adesanya is on the rise. You know what I mean? You just kind of got to clear the way and, and give him the opportunities that are there, especially yeah. when there's nobody else really making headway in the division. I like I like what he's about as well. Like, um, if you hear him talk, he he's. He, he puts out a positive message. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's, although he just, he's, he's like a good version of smack talk, not like doesn't cross the line of what I've, yeah. what, what smack talk is. He's just, he's just talking in confidence and what he's about his abilities. He doesn't yeah, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And those fur coats though, walking around looking oh, like, yeah, fur coat? yeah, oh, walking around looking no. like Corella de Ville. I know. Could have been, could have been faux fur. Let's, uh, let's, let's well, hope it, it is. Been. <laughs> could have been. Otherwise he can't be part of the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was it was it was a good fight. I don't think either guy. I mean, they you know obviously Weidman lost a bit of ground, but I don't think either of them lost anything on their brand. It was a, just just one of those fights, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, any any two fighters in this division in the top sort of five six could go toe to toe and end up like that. It could be either way. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, the new addition to the middleweight division, Cannoneer? He was impressive as well. Right. Did, Did you see the before and after UFC Europe put on Instagram? No, I didn't know. Oh, the two of them. My God, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, what, what's, what are your thoughts? What, what thoughts well, on? I mean, obviously fought at heavyweight, fought at light heavyweight, but seemed to have kept his power from heavyweight and just lean. lean. I know he was, wasn't was as obviously lean as he was on Wednesday. He looked in phenomenal shape, walked in without his T-shirt because he was so proud of it. Right. Like, he was like, I'm right. in shape. Yeah. Check that out. 
Oh wow, that's amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. So like, he's, li- he's literally UFC just Europe, UFC Europe. Yeah, he's literally just brought his body fat percentage yeah. down. So he's all, so incredible power. David, he showed good takedown defense, uh, which he didn't in the fight against um, Glover Teixeira, um, and he was so. I think that right yeah. hand was just perfect, and that ground and pound was vicious. And it, and he was walking forward like, like he could. He's gonna, he was going to be able to walk through middleweight punches. I mean, sometimes you don't want to put two prospects together that are on the on the rise because it kind of kills one of their momentum but maybe him versus Adesanya would also be good yeah because be good. He, I don't know whether that's put because he's just beat you know uh, Branch so convincingly whether that puts him into the top 10 or top 15 because Branch is what Branch 5th or 6th yeah I don't know I'm not sure I'm, uh, hang on I've got the rankings here Branch oh these are, these are the out of date rankings yeah. though, aren't they yeah, but where where was Branch? Seven. Uh, seven, right, yeah. So at least top 15 is going to be in now. Yeah. What a way to come in, though. Take your opportunity. Talk about taking your yeah, opportunity. Right. Yeah. First round knockout. Yeah. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I, I think it was almost like he was trying to, like he was trying to test his chin. You know what I mean? Like, And, and he was using that, that confidence in his chin to kind of break David Branch a little bit. Like, to be honest... And I mean no disrespect to me as a black belt. It takes a lot of work to get to a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But like nobody in the top ten in any division in the UFC should be tapping to strikes unless you're legit injured. Unless you're legit injured, like like John McDessie waving it off because his jaw was broken. Fair enough. Yeah. No problem with that. Tapping to strikes because you don't feel like being in the fight anymore. Like that's and that's where and I mean this is an entirely different conversation. But CB Dolloway's last fight. Like that's where the referee intervenes because mm. CB Dalloway didn't tap to strikes and he wasn't going to tap no, to strikes. Yeah, yeah. That's where the UFC goes. Uh, that's sorry, the UFC. That's where the referee goes. This guy's not intelligently defending himself. I'm going to save him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, 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 just, don't, I don't know what's going through his head that he would do that because if you're at a point where you're ready to tap, you've got to, he's, then surely the ref's going to stop it soon right? anyway. Like, but that, but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing. I don't think the referee was really that close to stopping it. I don't really Some think big shots though. Completely yeah, unanswered. Couple, at least maybe... Six even, or seven unanswered charts. He didn't even try and escape the position, though. Not at all did he escape the position. Mm. It, it's hard to say. It's hard to be in the mind of someone that's been dropped and know how out of it you are. And uh, you know, it, it was a solid. It was a solid right hand. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can see with the look on your face that you're you know disgusted. I, mean? <laughs> I just, I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's I, like the most heinous. Big ever. I, I don't know. Maybe there's some ego involved. Maybe I need to check myself. But I, I just, I, I, when I, if I saw that in a fighter that I was coaching, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you know, because oh, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? Like heart, courage, mm. you know, will to win, will to, will to fight. Like the major, the majority of people I know, the majority of people I've trained with, you, you would have to beat them unconscious yeah, before you yeah. tap to strikes. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or an ego-based like Imagine thing at Roughhouse tapping to strikes and having to come back to training next Mate, week. do you remember how much shit we gave to, to, to Jimmy to Scuba, Scuba Steve? Steve. <laughs> like we gave so much shit to him for that. That was a legit arm triangle from a good, yeah. a good MMA veteran. <laughs> and we gave him so much shit for that. To, to tell the story of when I'm in a So he was, fighting, he was fighting Peter Anger on uh, a Cage Warriors event in Coventry. And Jimmy's... If Jimmy fought the way he trains, he would dominate the world. Yeah, he's no an doubt. absolute fucking monster, yeah. and he was all over Peter Angra, all over him. And Angra was one of those guys that fought every other weekend. He knew every trick in the book. He was like the German version Jer- of yeah, Paul yeah, Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? He yeah. fought everybody. He was a real wily veteran, 
and Jimmy was in uh, <coughs> he was in half guard top ground and pounding and he, he slipped into an arm triangle Peter triangle just clamped it up and squeezed everything he yeah, had for, and unfortunately for, for Jimmy he was laying on one arm <laughs> The other arm was caught in Underneath, the triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only thing he had were his legs. So he started to kick with his legs. <laughs> and from from the position that I was in the corner, I was looking across the canvas kind of at eye level. It was like one of those wind-up guys that you put in the back <laughs> that swims across. So he's always been called Scuba Steve since that. As, like, you know, we, we have a little bit of a dig. But yeah, I mean, tapping to strikes in rough out. I, like, like, I gave him shit for tapping to... Um, Dennis Seaver, another guy like like Dennis Seaver, ended up fighting Conor McGregor. Mm. Jimmy Jimmy Warled was smashing him all over the cage. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. He's going to fulfil his potential as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the gym's nearly ready. The gym's nearly ready. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, um, man, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, we'll definitely be bringing up Adam and Terry and the guys, um, yeah. getting some cross training in and with your boys and like like Dean Truman. Um, yeah, he's had an exceptional performance that. Uh, Cage Warriors 98 and I'm really excited about that final that, and, and against Aiden Lee how do you see that going that's a tough fight it is a tough fight it's a tough fight for both of them to be fair you know what I mean it is a tough fight for both I of them I think Dean is a massive featherweight he cuts yeah. a lot of weight yeah. he's got great wrestling he's tough as you know wicked uh, creative throws anything he thinks he's there to fight always yeah. um, but I think his wrestling is going to be the difference I think that he can keep a pace for that for that amount of time um, and over five rounds as long as he you know keeps his P's and Q's in terms of when he's on the ground and keeping his hands off the mat not over committing to those ground and and potentially getting caught in a you know in a, in a sneaker submission because Aiden Lee's got um, you know high level jiu-jitsu mm. um, I think I think Dean I think Dean wins a decision yeah yeah that's a great fight yeah. I can't wait I can't wait see I took you off on a tangent <laughs> look at that, look at that. We can salvage this. We'll yeah. go back, let's go back to your list. What's, uh, what's the next? Uh, well, I think that no, I think that might have been it for um, UFC two thirty. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I'll tell you what we watched earlier. Me and Owen were talking about it on the podcast last week. Was the uh, Don Madge fight against T Edwards? Yeah, wow, ouch, right? That was a nice finish. Yeah, I really? mean, the thing is, those two guys they could fight each other every weekend, and it, they could go back Either and way. forth every weekend. Yeah. Um, also, uh, actually, uh, in, uh, Welshman, Brit- uh, f- f- um, UK fighter Jack Marshall. Yeah, uh, he was on the card. Uh, yeah, yeah, disappoint- disappointed for him. Um, you know, a, a guy to that's see him caught get the between win. weight classes. Yeah, he man. is. No, like, he, no, he can he can make weight away. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, 100%. Like, but the thing is, like, yeah, he could make welterweight, but it's still fifteen pounds. I mean, I know it's a lot, but it's still fifteen pounds. If there was an option to do seven, obviously it would be you better. Know what I mean. Um, I yeah. could I could do seven this week. <laughs> yes, <you know? laughs> I could be in a different weight class by the weekend. Um, I'll take the fight. I'll take was, the fight. Yeah, there was just a, they seemed like a, a slight speed. Um, well, mainly a speed difference in in that fight, and he was just getting beaten to the punch. Yeah, um, you know what I'd love to do. We, we talked about it a lot back in the day, a, a, like a UK top team, getting everybody together like every now and then, and yeah. just kind of just kind of downloading a bit of information so everybody levels up a little bit yeah. like, across the country. That's what we need. Well, like, that's one of the like, differences. What like, I found when I travel to America to uh, train and I have, it's not necessarily the level that's um, better. It's just the number of people dude, at the level. There are more that, members at American Top Team than there are people in the MMA community in the in UK. UK. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. There yeah. were like 16,000 members. I think there are 4,000 people in the MMA community in the UK. That's it. And, and the, we count for two each. 
But I saw, you know, I, I was thinking the other day, I think uh, Jimmy posted a picture of, um, like, uh, you know, throwback to the old rough house days. And it, it, we, it was, that was some savage, murderers, savage, savages. Savage days. Yeah. And I saw in the video, it was like you, me, um, Paul, Nick, Carl, Jimmy, Duffer, uh, who else? It was like, I mean, like, oh, just the, 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 uh, Big T, yeah. I, yeah. I think he was in that video as well, yeah. And Steve it was just like, Tetley. every every round was like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. There was no <laughs> round. <laughs> it was. And then you get the fifth oh, round, it's like, Jimmy's like, oh, fuck oh, off. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. I used to search for Jimmy, like, second round. Like, <laughs> don't get me fifth, don't get Jimmy fifth. <laughs> I got my first round out of the way. Let me, let me see if I can get Jimmy second. Then that's like, I'm like, my most warm, yeah. my most energetic. Because you know I, you're going to have to deal with otherwise, it. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. It's a classic, oh yeah, we just have it. Or a technical one. Next next minute, you're just biting down in the gum shield and throwing. Right. <laughs> I'll t- tell you something else as well. I was chatting to Jimmy earlier. Jimmy goes down to London shoot fighters once yeah. a week. Obviously, our old friend Paul Daly's fighting uh, uh, Michael Page. Oh, yeah. Jimmy said Page is looking slick. Really? Slick. And if Jimmy says that, you know he's... He doesn't like to give out comp- no, no, uh, compliments no, no. easily. He said, "You just can't. You can't time what he's doing. You can't mm. predict what he's doing. There's no. There's no predictability to it." Paul, I know Paul's out. At, um, he's tied uh, in Muay Thai, isn't he? No, I think he's at PTT with Eric. Oh, is Eric. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I need to actually catch up on about how he's uh, been getting on. But I know um, Paul's definitely serious about this fight, oh, and he's obviously made made some adjustments. You know, made some sacrifices, gone over there, and he's done a, a decent amount of his camp over there. I think. Um, well, this is where Paige legitimately makes a name for himself. Yeah. I mean, I know he's had some good performances, but if he beats Paul, it's like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. Now we need to see him matched up against such and such and these guys. And yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing is with the thing is with Paul is that he he has such a special level of power. It's ridiculous. That I mean, we both uh, we both unfortunately have. I think felt that's that. why my next. <laughs> yeah, but that but that is called it's, the semtex. And, and, and it's not he's not just a brawler. Where like you know Derek Lewis. It, Derek Lewis has got that bomb, no. but he's not necessarily that technical. But Paul is a technical striker. He's yeah. fought, uh, you know, um, in did he was it was it Glory he fought in or? Oh mate, he's he's, had, he's you know, those, he, he was fighting high level K-1 kickboxing every yeah, yeah. weekend. Yeah. And and so he's he's of that of that level. And although um, MVP has got that style, he's still got to close the distance to touch Paul. Yeah. And Paul has got deceptively long arms. Right. He, like. He's got, his body's like a Dorito and, and, and the rest of him's limbs, arms and legs. You know what I mean? He's got a real small torso. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. You watch when he steps on the scales, you'll see what I mean. He's yeah. got, he, he's all arms and legs. Yeah, and, he, and his hands are enormous. They are. Like clubs. Yeah, clubs. <laughs> and so, you know, if, 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 if MVP doesn't respect him and tries to jump in like that, I can, I can imagine Paul just sitting down on his punch, yeah. throwing the left hook and... There was um, one fight that always sticks out in my mind with Paul, and I was I was cornering him. I know what you're going to say, Professor X. Professor See, X. I knew you were going to say Xavier that. Xavier yeah, Parker. Yeah, I remember it too. Like I remember, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was a late night slash early morning, and I think all he ate on fight day was a chicken and mushroom pot noodle, <laughs> which which was typical Paul's style. I've that, got video from it. I've got video from it. That is Eat, Paul all yeah, over eating a chicken and mushroom pot noodle <laughs> and doing the the uh, the tea parties grave digger in the hotel room. Oh, that's hilarious. So, I don't know how long that fight lasted, but for the 
it, it was very, very short, yeah. maybe 60 seconds or something. But for that 60 <laughs> seconds, it felt like 10 minutes because he was under all kinds yeah, of Yeah, and he did. I remember I called it the ninja spin. Like he was getting swarmed and he had his guard up. And then he just like, <laughs> yeah, crazy monkey. Spun round. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and then he just comes out with this left hook out of, out of nowhere yeah. and just peeled Xavier Fuka Parkham off the canvas. Yeah. And it's just and separated it's that leveler. It's the, it's the leveler. It's that's the one thing that I never had in my career, and I mean, like you're in, you're immensely strong and powerful, but your speciality was slamming people on their fucking head. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that transfer to power when you've connected so many times against yeah. so many people and knocked them out, and that's I mean I've probably cornered Paul forty times, and mm. I would say thirty eight of them were knockouts. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that that's exciting? It's a really exciting fight though, and I think um, <clears throat> in terms of UK. Uh, I mean, obviously, the two best world fights we've ever had is you and um, Paul. But at the time, obviously, you, you guys would never have no. never have fought. You were both in the top ten at the time, and we were teammates. So this is the highest level. I think it's the first time domestically we've had two people in the top ten that yeah. fight. I don't actually, I mean, Paul maybe not in the top ten anymore, but he's still yeah, in terms of the UK is the two absolutely. best world fighting. Yeah, and we've it, never it's had up that. there on a part like like on a domestic level, like Darren Till against Tom Breeze would be. Yes, do you know what I mean? Oh, he's a big fight. That's that. a big fight. That's a headliner in Wembley kind of fight, that is. What, yeah, the MVP versus Paul might be the biggest domestic fight ever. I'm trying to think now what other fights you could think of. Yeah, it is It is a massive it's massive. Fight. It is big. And, ter and Terry, who's now signed to uh, Bellator, is hoping yeah. to be on the undercard of that, which would be yeah. exciting. See, Obviously, see, the Terry's got a confirmed. style that's a, prob that's a problem for someone like MVP. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, Terry says, he, he, Terry says he will smash him. Yeah. He, he openly was, he's like... He just closes a space down so quickly. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and he's and he has he genuinely has that belief. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Paul's uh, sorry, Paul uh, Terry's now at, at lightweight, so um, that's not necessarily a fight that's an option. But I think MVP might have talked about going to lightweight. I don't know if Dude, that's... he's way too big for lightweight. Surely, I think he's tall, but I think think I don't think he cuts a lot of weight to be welterweight. I might I'm be mistaken. Right. Maybe he's talking about middleweight. But I'm sure he's talking about another division. I'll have to check that with Jimmy. Mm. Um, but either, either way, yeah, T Terry coming back is exciting. He's coming back from that. Um, he had shoulder surgery. He's working with some great people on his rehab. And he's been actually really disciplined and diligent with his uh, rehab because yeah. the stakes are higher now. And, and dripping in full reptile. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see him, he's got full tracksuit on. He loves it. Loves it. Loves it. He's reffing it. <laughs> <laughs> we printed you some stuff up today, didn't we? Yeah. What have you got? Some of the, the new medallion stuff. New medallion. Uh, yeah, I'm loving it. It's Leg, uh, right? Yeah, really, really nice. I think people are going to be enjoying that when it drops. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, we keep talking about doing some kind of Black Friday sale as well to launch it. Like a like a like a black on Black Friday or something like yeah, that. We've got some wicked look designs. For that, Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to you want to talk about before we uh, switch off? I'm um, nearly an hour, Dean. Nearly an hour, and I won't have to edit this at all. It's perfect. Yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> we've managed to not drop any f bombs. No, well, I've been swearing. <laughs> That's they, they expect that of me now. I'm worried my mum might be listening. Although, so well, this is the thing. I did find out. <laughs> my mum was listening to this the other day. And as soon as as soon as that happened, like like my body temperature rose like three, three degrees. <laughs> Like, am I going to get in trouble here? Like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that's um, about it, mate. Yeah, wicked. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, click subscribe on the Fight Disciples Network. Uh, this is the Full Reptile Radio, Striker v. Grappler. We'll have some more of those coming. We're going to debate some fights. I'm, yeah. I'm going to pull some old fights out to debate. <laughs> some decisions, some close decisions for us to... Uh, Let's start with the Bass Rootin versus uh, Random One. Oh, good call. <laughs> I don't have much I don't have much of a leg to stand on with that one, I don't think. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. They can do something no other kind of lizard can do.
it can run continuously for a very long time. And that enables it to become an endurance hunter, chasing down its prey. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.